Hi everyone. Welcome to the Abraham Labs podcast. We will talk about AI, tech and everything in between. Let me first introduce myself. You already know me. I'm Abraham and I did my bachelor's in computer science back in India. And while I was doing that, I was really interested in the AI field. You know, I I was an early believer that AI would be the future and that every person in the world would have some kind of relation to the AI, maybe in the business or the jobs, you know, or every aspect of life. And that's when I started learning programming AI using, you know, different tools, online tools, mostly free. But, you know, and then I chose to do my master's in AI at USF Tampa. And after completing that, currently, I am doing my PhD in medical imaging analysis using deep learning at USF. Now, along with that, I also have been someone with a growth mindset. Now, growth mindset allows you to believe that you can do a task even if you don't, you know, know how to do it. Like it, it allows you to believe that given some time, some efforts, some learning, you can do anything and everything. And that's what pushed me harder to learn all these different aspects of programming. And someone else who has this typical growth mindset is Mr. Prabhupada Kumar. He's a recruiter turned entrepreneur. He's an expert at finding young talented people right from the universities. Now, I call him Sir out of respect. Now, the Sir, with, along with his team, go to different universities, interact with the students there. And the goal is to find out these people who have entrepreneur mindset and connect them to the CEOs. They want to convert students from job seekers to job creators. Now, I met Sir in one of these events where he came to my university and also helped me get an internship in a startup. Now, Mr. Prabhun Kumar always tried to be, tries to be ahead of the curve, you know, in any part of the knowledge. And right now, he's acting and learning and using AI to see how far it can reach and how to leverage it in different domains of his field or, you know, other fields. Now, before we go ahead with the aim, the team of this podcast, let's first understand different people in AI. Hi, sir. Hi, hi. Thank you so much, Abhi. That was really good for hearing so much about me. And uh, to the podcast. So, recently, I just uh, while scrolling to on LinkedIn, I have, I have observed uh, what's the interesting post which has inviting applications for a cohort from Axel Atoms, where I saw three different groups. And uh, can you help us understand, like, what are these groups of in AI, which is first one called as AI builders? Can you explain and uh, help us understand what, how do they affect the AI industry? Yes, sir. Now, when you say AI builders, these people are typically, you know, uh, with PhDs, whose job is to build, iterate, and improve AI models. Okay? Now, we can safely say that their hard work is directly responsible for what we have seen so far in AI breakthroughs. Okay? Most of you might not have heard of these people, but let me give you some of, some examples of the most popular of these groups. The first one is Jan Lecken. He's a chief AI scientist at Meta, and he's one of the co-authors of the paper Deep Learning. I mean, if you remotely know or have worked in machine learning, you know 
how important deep learning has been and how it catapulted machine to what we have seen now. And you also have Andrew NG, one of the early believers that you can use GPUs to deep learning and the rest is history. Because right now, every part of GPU training, every part of machine learning and deep learning training has to do with uh, GPUs. He's also the founder of Google Brain. And you have someone like Geoffrey Hinton, who was the co-author of many uh, he was the co-author of, co of many crucial AI papers like Deep Learning, AlexNet, Dropout, lay Dropout Layer, Knowledge Distillation, and even Normalization Layers. I mean, if you look at this list, you understand like how much impact this person and the papers he has written have on the AI field. Now, these these are typically the first group of people, the builders, the people who uh, create these AI models. That was very interesting and insightful. So Thanks. I just want to understand. Uh, actually, I haven't come across many people, but except Andrew Engine, because I worked extensively with one of my friends, data for the because of him, I got to know. But as a layman perspective, can you help me understand? Is there any other people who were already part of this journey, and why do they? do so much research and why so much hard work they put in uh, to build this technology. Can you help us understand, Abby? Yes, sir. There are, there, are, there are still more people, you know. I mean, I'm not sure if you might have heard of these people because I picked the most, you know, popular ones. But you also have someone like uh, Andrew Karpati, you know, who is the head of, I mean, who was the, uh, chief scientist at Tesla, and right now he's working in uh, OpenAI. You have you have Jan, you know who who was one of the early uh, writers, who was one of the early authors for the paper of Transformers, and which has helped uh, the LLMs. We also have Srivatsav, you know who wrote the dropout layer, and the dropout layer literally created a better. Uh, Overtraining performance for all the deep learning models. Now, now why do these people work so hard? I mean, I'm not. I, I don't know about that because I think they have their own perspectives and their own interests. But if you ask me, as an AI builder, why do I build these things? Why do I want to do these things? Just because so much fun the process of creating these models, failing, you know debugging the whole code only to find out that you have some basic error in some latent part of the code and fixing that and entering these models and seeing that these models can do things that we thought were early uh, were never possible by any machine any machine right now it can classify images it can classify voice it can replicate voice it can create images i mean there are there's a lot of number of things that it can do I just want to mention that it's still in the early stages. I mean, it can it can do. It's not that you know it it, it can do a good job all of that. It can do a basic job, you know, just like an intern. But you know, it has all these capabilities. And to see uh, something that you have built yourself, you know, it become like get this glory. That's that feeling is really you know. I don't know. It's okay. Uh, we can understand. We all are going through that phase only. We are trying to understand how quickly the things are changing and how uh, 
I mean, the technology is rapidly moving very fast. In fact, a lot of content creation, as you mentioned, like the pictures uh, generated by the uh, AI, even the chat GPT or other different models. So thank you for sharing about uh, why they have started and uh, the process, especially getting failed and then building or finding that solution aggressively is a consistent effort, which actually giving better results for the next generation is what I believe. Yes. And coming to the coming to the question of like, uh, as I mentioned, initially the people were AI builders. So now there is a second group whom I observed is AI enablers. So what is about these people? What about these people? Like what do they do? And uh, how different from AI builders to AI enablers? And can you help us understand with examples also? Yeah, sure. Now the builders only know and they only worry about building, like, like you know, that their their whole job is to like create these models, improve these models. You know, take a model in a specific domain and put it in other domains and see how it works. But they don't know how to create these models in a service, or how to mass produce these models, or how to you know, uh, how to make these models available for anybody who want to use at a minimum fees. But that's where AI enablers come in place. Like these people are programmers, entrepreneurs, or mostly both. Simply put, they gather a group of researchers together and they give them all the funding and resources required and they churn out state of the art state of the art models from them. Now they also hire another group of programmers in the same time, and their job is to scale these models and make this model cheaper so that everyone can use them, right? Now, if you look at OpenAI, there are a core set of people who built the earlier versions of GPT, GPT-1, GPT-2, and GPT-3. And once they saw these reels that were good enough for the public, that were safe for the public, they gathered a group of programmers who created these APIs, the chat GPTs, you know, all this stuff that lets us easily handle and uh, access these models, right? Not because if you if you even want to infer GPT 3.5 or GPT 4, will take you at least tens of thousands of dollars for a single pass because those are like really large models, billions of parameters. But now with the APIs, it's not that expensive. Like with every one of us can share this model at the same time and pay little fees. Now some of the most uh, famous or the most popular AI enablers. Uh, to start with, we have Elon Musk. Like, uh, I I think that that man doesn't need any introduction. Like, he founded OpenAI with a vision uh, to make AI open access for everyone, but that didn't go as he planned. So now we started XAI, with a different vision but the same goal. Now, Charles Hotz is the founder of CommonAI. Uh, so, another example is Charles Hotz, who is the founder of CommonAI and TinyGraph. The Koma AI is trying, trying, AI is trying to solve the self-driving problem with shipping these small handheld devices, which you can connect to your car and you know you can drive itself. And with TinyGrad, he's creating a new machine learning framework, which is focused on simplicity and scalability. Now, right now, Nvidia is dominating the market of GPUs, and that's not good because it's so easy to nationalize it. So he wants to build software. We'll put other GPU uh, makers like AMD back into the race. You also have Imad Mostak, who is the founder and CEO of Stability.ai. 
which actually developing stable diffusion and also has created a free willy uh, model out of LLM, so out of the Lama LLM. It's also a major investor of Midjourney. And all these big firms, like, you know, like everyone in the AI race, like Google, Microsoft, OpenAI, Meta, all of these can be considered as AI enemies. Wow, wow, wow. That's super, that's super, like uh, getting to know a lot of insights again, once again. Too many things uh, to consume uh, in this podcast. So, a quick question here. Uh, when you mentioned about mass production, so why can't a builders can do that and why a enablers can do that? How, how is that classified? I mean, how is that happening? Because I believe the people who are doing PhDs, they get enough grants or else uh, they get very good packages uh, from corporate or uh, university. Why don't they do a mass production? Is a good question. So the grants that PhD people that we get are only to build models, you know, are only to uh, use that data that is available or even get new data and train and test these models. Now, the thing is, once you have developed a model, it again starts get boring, getting boring, right? Now, you don't want to spend your time and effort in something that you're not an expert, you know, like mass production or, you know, or even this uh, scaling and worry about that. You can actually go to the next iteration of these models. Then you have GPT-3, next you work on GPT-4 and GPT-5 and so on. And the list goes on, right? like Lama 1 and Lama 2 and that's how these people work so another thing is these people don't know how to use these models you know how to put these models in a in a market domain so they can be easily used or how they can be leveraged like I mean give a good example right now I have used many deep learning models in the past okay and again Recently, I have seen a few websites, you know, which seem like they have cutting-edge technology of AI and everything. And if I look deep yeah. into that, and if I look deep into the announcements, they are using a four to five-year-old deep learning model, which I, I already used. I don't even, I, do, I didn't even realize that that's the model they're using because that's how smart the AI enablers are, you know, to finding these models and picking up and building, you know, these old markets or even putting this into the markets that actually would leverage them, really, right? Now, <clears throat> currently I'm working with Sam, which is a segment anything model from Meta. If you ask me how it can be useful to the people, because, you know, I have been doing these uh, videos and the posts, I've been trying to look into that. For me, it's, mostly, it's, it's most likely like, that, you know, you, you get these AI glasses or VRs. But I'm going mm-hmm. I'm gonna, I'm gonna to tell you one thing, I'm going to bet this. Next year or the year after, you'll get some product from Amanda Paul, which, you know, you won't even realize that they're using SAM. But if you look into it, they're using, actually using SAM. Like, we don't know, as AI builders, how to put these models into the markets so they can be easily leveraged. Yeah. Got it, got it. Uh, so, you mean to say uh, the people who are actually building, I mean, building in the sense, the PhD scholars or whomever, the main uh, folks who are building, they they don't want to get into the boring work on fixing the uh, or found uh, from subject matter expert uh, can do better things. Is that human? 
yeah i'm not sure about the boring part because we have a couple of you know ai builders who have turned to ai enablers you know by creating these mm-hmm. models we have something mm-hmm. like that but i think it's most of the you know you were so focused on this core deep learning or machine learning part that in this entire thing of scaling and building these apis putting them in cloud it's so you know foreign to you and you don't want to spend your time and effort learning a new thing but if your goal is to become an ai enabler sure you can do that and you can spend enough time and you know you can become an expert in in you know enabling these models too but for me traditionally the ai builders only focus on iterating these models or building new models based upon the old model understood understood uh, so i didn't mean boring i didn't mean like uh, fixing the issue rather than uh, they focus on next version of uh, getting better things to happen also in that way yes but anyways let's go to the last uh, tra- i mean last uh, what do you can say like the last yeah yeah before we go there i just want to mention that you know for me it's boring it has been boring you know trying because like uh, it's it's so interesting you know to, to build these models and you know like trying to improve them but when you want to again you know try to scale them or you know build websites you know as an interface for that you know it's it's it seems so boring it seems you know so uh what you say plain and you know not so that the adrenaline rush you know won't be there that's what i think you know is misses misses for me understood understood so let's quickly get into the last segment of ai users so help us understand who are these ai users and uh, what do they do and what role they play in this uh, the booming technology of ai industry okay now ai users are the people who are passionate on some particular mm-hmm. domain or some some particular product of ai and they always have an eye you know on the new latest releases from these ai enablers right but they are the one of the first people to beta test these products give the reviews mm-hmm. you know in the social media that they followers and you know uh that they follows some okay. some people also make you know some basic courses and posts and articles you know on using this ai like you have these courses on how to use ai we have courses on how to build prompts for ai right so these these things you know the ai builders or the ai enablers they don't worry about this because they are busy doing their own job they users take care of this part now typically these people have thousands of followers and subscribers across different media you know platforms and they generally share the latest versions of the products or tools and help us understand you know how we can use or how you know we can access these models for a minimum price understood understood so can you uh, tell us like uh, have you come across any person or getting so much uh, uh, stream or light in just a quick uh, part like uh, when you observe him like he's just taking all the information which is already available and we don't know anything uh, just he putting on the internet makes we thinking like okay he has done something uh, is it any adventurous kind of people also like this yes uh, there are um, there are many cases like that you know mm-hmm. and my problem is that these people typically act like they are the ai builders or the ai enablers right because they talk like they know they know, they know what they're talking about you know and you also have people who build ui 
for this open access, you know, already open access products and make money out of them. Like, would you believe if I tell you that the most of the AI tools that you are using right now are available for free? The only thing you are paying for is the easy accessibility, right? If you go to GitHub, you have you have many different projects. And, you know, the issue is very basic. You need to, you know, like, install Python. You know, you, you just have a file. You can just install all the packages in the file and just run it. But people don't want to do that. People want a neat interface, you know, with buttons and clicks and all these, you know, magic. And that's where people make money, a lot of money out of that. And they earn a lot of fame also, right? Now, there, I mean, the problem with this is, you know, it creates some kind of uh, naivety for the people who don't know like what is AI models are. Let me give let me give you a few uh, few examples to uh, make this point clear. Now, sure, sure. Few months back, I came across an Instagram reel where a person was talking about you know their website which can create AI extensions. Okay, now because there's already couple of months after AutoGPT was released. So AutoGPT is literally does the same thing. It's a, you know, it's a different version of the GPT models, which can actually, you know, program or, you know, use agents to create the do tasks. Okay. I know that it's, it's pretty basic. It can do basic things, you know, like, uh, you know, like just look for something on Google, you know, or uh, uh, write about some, article about some so-and-so person like these are basic things uh, but this but this website that I have seen I thought maybe it can do a little better and I asked it to create an audio transcriber using whisper API now those of whom you don't know and for those of you who don't know whisper already is a audio transcriber Right, it takes audio from your system and it converts it to text. Now all the model has to do, or all the website you know, that I'm talking about has to do, was to take in uh, import. So, <clears throat> so few months back, uh, I came across an Instagram reel. You know, where a person was talking about this website that uses AI to create extensions. Now I know. No, yeah. Now I know that this is something made out of AutoGPT because AutoGPT is similar. It's an open source, uh, you know, OpenAI is open source. Uh, you know what you you can say like something like a framework over GPT models, you know, which can do tasks for you. Okay, and okay. and I know that you know uh, these aren't really good, but but these people were saying that they are. So I just wanted to give it a shot. Now, my task to it was simple. It was to create an audio transcriber using Whisper AI. You know, it's Whisper AI is again an open AI's APIs, which will take audio as input and convert that to text. It's just like, you know, captioning. And okay. all this particular model had to do was call the, uh, sorry, import the open AI library Give my OpenAI key. Yeah, I just want I forgot to mention that I, I also gave my OpenAI key for the for the challenge, the reading purse. And 
So just call it because you know, just give the order text, it will do all the work that needs to be done. You don't need to do anything. So mm -hmm. before I tell what happened, I want you I want to ask you a question. So what do you think had happened? Do you think uh the website actually gave me the result or or not or, or not or what do you think has happened? Uh, as per my knowledge of uh, some technical with interaction with other coders or programmers so whenever we use api it actually is all about input and output so you ask certain uh, i mean you give an input where you're expecting an output uh, from specific uh, it could be a specific parameter or it could be an output uh, which is uh, i mean in your case when you mention whisper ai whisper ai like it's a voice so then the voice uh, converted into a text, which could, which could be uh, the output. I'm not very sure, like maybe it has done it. But the uh, interesting part for me is uh, you gave your API. Actually, you are giving a lot of access to them. It is not like they're uh, doing everything for you. Uh, they made you do a lot of stuff. Uh, is something which I didn't feel the user experience is that great uh, when you mention with this particular website or whatever uh, is trying to create uh, do the work for you. Yeah, so 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 the auto GPT, you know, actually, uh, you know, requires API, you know, key uh, because you know it's gonna use some compute, some APIs. So they, okay. what they could have done is, you know, they could have used their own APIs and asked, charged us some money. But I think they're okay. trying to be transparent because we're still in beta. So they directly asked us the, you know, API key. So, you know, there's no, uh, you know, added fees to that. So, so like it, it's completely transparent okay. that, you know, that the money that we are spending is actually going directly to the model. But okay. I, my question was, like, do you think this model has, you know, actually use the whisper AI even you know whisper AI is a good api i'm saying about i'm talking about this auto gpt based model do you think it actually has okay. used whisper AI? and the answer is mm -hmm. uh no like it gave me a half baked you know uh code which has many okay. others and seriously? Ended up, sorry seriously <laughs> was it that terrible experience yeah uh, i mean it, it gave me a couple of errors and it took a whole day to do that. I forgot to mention this. It took a whole day to do that. I checked the next day. It had many bugs, many issues. And to top this, it used 40k OpenAI tokens. Oh my God. Now to explain why this is a large number, the month before that, I actually built, you know, an audio transcriber using the Whisper model. And, you know, I, I have tested it uh, rigorously, you know, for all these uh, meetings, calls and everything, you know, just to see how it works. I think I spent nearly a month doing that. And the whole month, I think it used somewhere around uh, 50 to 60K tokens. And mm -hmm. and I know that AutoGPT charges, you know, uh, a bit more than other models, but still this number is really huge. And let me give you another example, which will make you laugh even more. I saw a subreddit where a person asked the auto GPT to get him or buy him a pizza and he spent thousand dollars for open AI tokens to do that. <laughs> Seriously? Thousand dollars for pizza? Like thousand dollars <laughs> for pizza, right? Now, now what's now what's the conclusion of this is that these AI models 
that GPT model, you know, like if even if you search now, you will see a lot of great things. So they can do that, this and everything, and you know, all this bullshit. But there are actually some basic child-based models, right? They're still, you know, child child compared to the human, and they are not uh, really smart. You know, they're slightly at the edge of intelligence, and they can do only these basic things. And and okay. because and because we get most of information of these models from AI users, you know, which who typically you know use these kind of models for basic things or you know for a couple of days, we get the hype is you know increase. We they they, they hyperbole the actual uh, performance of the model, and we the users are suffer from that. Now let me put you in the perspective, sir. What how would you feel? If it spent those US thousand dollars, you know, to get you a pizza, like what would be your reaction? Uh, seriously, <laughs> I will. I won't eat for next thirty days. <laughs> One pizza cost me a thousand dollars. First of all, I wouldn't use again ChatGPT or this AI models. It's never in my life. So I'll be ter- terribly pissed off, and I'll. Think I might be wrong also, but still, then I'll think that uh, AI has cheated me, kind of a thing. So it's a kind of a bad impression. But unfortunately, my thousand dollars is also worth money of mine. So it's a learning, but still, I I might uh, start adding AI models for sure. Yeah, yeah. Now, now I think an average user, you know, doesn't have access or you know, doesn't really have the will to create AI models. Would typically be scared. Of this AI, you know, he would he would he would think the whole AI as a singular one, and you know, would be scared of saying doesn't want anything to do with AI in the near future or even in the in the late future. What this so what's the problem with this is that that will make those people lose a lot of money, gain more than thousand dollars because AI is the future. Okay, okay. It, uh, it's right. It's not right now. It maybe takes some decades. I'm not sure how much. But it is the future. Now, if this early impression of these AI tools, of some AI tools, would you know create this uh, fear from using these models again, that would be a huge loss for everyone, right? That would be like doing the same uh, mistake that people have been doing in the earlier phases of you know of internet, of uh, blockchain, or you know even the early AI stages. So I don't want that to happen. To anyone, understood, understood. And you never know; like you can't be sure because even these people now, you know, have made this habit to put, you know, these research papers, you know, on the screens, you know, in the reels before they talk about, you know, these tools or these new models. And the problem is, these papers are not peer reviewed, right? If you go to archive website, I can upload any paper. You know, even I can upload a paper saying that you know, I created a uh, AI girlfriend and upload it there. And no one would, you know, no one can stop me from doing that because you know that's how it works. You know, it's supposed to be like the results or whatever I put in there are not peer reviewed. But if that paper has to be accepted into a conference or even at least you know has been perished at a conference, then it would be peer-reviewed, and then my results 
and my you know whatever that I have put in the paper would be true as closely as true to possible, right? Now most of the people don't know this and uh, they use this paper as a proof, you know. Now the intentions of these the third group of people, the users are really good. They are, they are crucial to this in this AI, you know, uh, in this AI domain because they are the ones you know who can help us uh, get to the AI products and and give a, give a brief demo on your and you know look for all these different uh, you know undermined AI websites that can be really helpful for us. But at the same time, they are not the AI experts, you know. So whatever I would listen from them, I would take it with a grain of salt. But <laughs> now, now how do we fix this? You know, how do we bring the AI through to the people? And when I was pondering, sorry, and when I was pondering on that particular question, I thought about this podcast. Okay, so so why is this podcast uh, special? Right, we already have podcasts between AI users. There are many. You can find them a lot of them in YouTube or in other platforms. We have podcasts between AI builders, right? Like you, you know, Lex Friedman podcast. Yeah, yeah, I heard of. So it's a uh, you know, Lex Friedman is an uh, AI researcher at uh, MIT, and mostly he brings people, you know, like other researchers, you know. From other different, different, you know, from different backgrounds, different companies, and different universities. That's really good, but an average user won't really understand what they're speaking because you know both of them already have some uh, innate knowledge about the models. But in so this podcast, this is a This should be a conversation between AI builder and AI user, right? And I think that's that perspective. Yeah. I mean that. The question, the questions you ask, sorry, the questions you ask and the way I answer them, so that you can understand, would help the people watching this to get a better understanding and better experience of the AI, uh, of any AI model that we're talking, that we would be talking about. Got it, got it. And doing by doing this, the goal of this podcast is to break the barrier, you know, and make intelligent conversations about AI without any hype and also help people understand the AI, right? We don't want um, to promote or demote or any kind of models. We just want to check them. We just want to uh, see how can these models be leveraged and how can these models be put into different perspectives of business or even our personal uh, life. Now, and also, this, this there's also some, some other thing, you know, personally for me from the podcast, and it is that I want to become an AI enabler. Why? Because they make the most of money. Look at Elon Musk. <laughs> look at OpenAI CEO, Sam Altman. And look at, you know, Imad Mostek. They are literally billionaires. And I mean, they take huge risks, you know, with these AI models. And, you know, they're uh, similarly, respectively rewarded for that. Now, being an AI builder, like I said earlier, uh, being an AI builder, like I said earlier, I don't know anything much about, you know, uh, mass producing or creating services from the models or, you know, how to put these models to different markets. I don't only really know about building 
demonstrating and improving these models right okay and right now like i said already i am working on the metas segment anything model and you know i i already made it work on microscopic images the the pre trained model from the meta was not really good in microscopic images and i did some experiments some tweaks some fine tuning and now it works okay. good uh, with microscopic images but i don't know how to sell it to doctors i don't know how to sell it to health institutes right i don't know how to leverage this model to make money you know and to mm. help other people by doing that now understand this really hurts me because you know because for a person who is trying to be an a enabler uh, this is like you know a kind of something completely out of my domain something i have to learn uh, from the basics and because i believe in growth mindset i think i can do this but i need some time so now on the other hand you have your own set of challenges as a user and can you please talk more about them and uh, help us understand you know a perspective of a user and on the challenges that he faces becoming a enabler oh uh as for asking me this question because uh as we entrepreneurs have to have a habit of learning new technologies or skills also so in recent times i might i mean i invested a lot uh in myself firstly uh, like growth marketing uh content creation lot of uh, performance marketing and even in recent times i started uh, learning or exploring uh, something called generative ai so i want to know what actually this uh, ai technology and the chat gpt and all this and that happened to connect with the like minded people in a community on discord and got to know a lot i mean but not i actually explored a lot while creating content creation so as a user uh what i felt is if i use chat gpt as a user i get only some part of details but uh, somewhere i felt where if i can add more value or else find a problem statement and uh, try to build a product around uh, ai or else around the problem statement and with the help of ai including so i thought like maybe this particular uh, combination may help me to uh, consider into a enabler also and so as an entrepreneur i'm just telling like so it's not for me the tags may not be important but the point is as a ai user i used to just create content try to understand uh, uh, spaces specific topic or else uh, finding out creating new uh videos or photos using midjourney and lot of other tools um, but uh, what i really fascinating with ai technologies all about how can i get more uh, or do more stuff going forward so that's my personal experience and uh, i'm happy to share that uh, I'm actually working around like building a product, especially for college students and uh, helping students to uh, do a lot of self-introspection kind of a thing. So, which I'm gonna share in future uh, in our podcast a bit. Uh, 
once again, thanks for asking me this question. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, yeah, the point that you made about chat GPT, uh, it's, it's, I even felt the same because all the settings and the, and the, you know, and whatever parameters are there for the model, they are uh, lowered down so that it gives you safe responses without any, you know, high creative or, you know, uh, more possibility of making a mistake kind of results. So they try mm. to tone down the, that's what the problem with the APIs, that's what the problem with end products is. But if you use the APIs, you can understand that, you know, sometimes uh, it gives some really weird answers. Even then it has some, uh, you know, safety measurements in the training itself, but still, you know, you get some of these answers that you won't with ChatGPT. So if you want to actually understand, you know, how these models work and how, you know, this seemingly artificial intelligence, you know, can make these kind of guesses and uh, speak about things that we ask it for, I think you need to go a step ahead and start, you know, building or even training or fine-tuning your own AI models. So on that note, I I want to address the uh, audience. So if you're an early programmer who wants to build a career in AI, or an entrepreneur who wants to introduce AI into your company, or maybe an experienced developer looking to change jobs, or you're just interested in AI and want to have some fun, this is for you, right? I know you might have already seen people talking about you know, making passive income with AI, taking this uh, prompt, putting it in chat GPT, making audio from that and wagera wagera. But that's not all this podcast is about. This is this podcast is about making a business, an actual business with AI that runs even longer than your lifetime and creates money even when you're asleep. Right? So if you want to become a part of this, if you want to become a part of this journey, please uh, continue watching this podcast because because both of us uh, will embark on a different adventurous journey where we try to create an AI product with our own set of challenges and expertise trying to uh, put these two uh, powers together and building something uh, you know that would help at least some part of the world so that's that's it uh, for this podcast now if you have any questions please feel free to put them in the comments uh, any kind of comments you know good or bad we just want to let we just want to know you know how you felt about this episode i just want to be clear that this is our first podcast for both of us and you know we are not as much experienced as your other podcasters so any mistake that we made any you know anything that did, anything that did not make sense to you or anything that we, we were not clear about please please let us know about that we will read all the comments and we'll try to reply them or put a section about to explain better on that part in the next episode. Thank you.
Exactly. So what my friend Abram is trying to tell you is uh, you want your honest responses. And uh, with such responses, we can actually uh, make this uh, information or uh, the experiences for you much, much better. And we also try to pick topics from your comments. So keep just commenting and uh, share your um, perspectives or views or any suggestions also that will definitely help us uh, give more value when it comes to this particular podcast journey for both of us. Thank you so much. See you again uh, in coming week. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you.